This morning we are worshiping in response to the series in Ephesians that we've been calling Hopeful Faith, and that is our hope that God is at work in the world. And so this morning we're gonna kind of review all the last uh, three Sundays that we've been talking about, and we're gonna review it in three different movements, okay? So the first one, this one that we're about to do right now, that all of us are here for, including kids, is gonna be our worship response. But there are three movements, and I'll tell you what they all are right now. Movement one is celebrating our hope in who God is and what God has done in song. That's what we're about to do. Next movement, celebrating our hope with one another as we pray. Last one, celebrating our hope for our lives as we gather at the communion table. And actually we have lots of different tables that we will be gathering at as adults. So that's the shape of the whole morning. This moment right now, we are gonna celebrate in response to who God is. So let's begin with the first movement and the first reading. The idea here is that God is the subject and we are the object. So in the reading, you'll see the bold parts that kind of remind you of that. All right, now you can go. (laughs) From Ephesians 2, 1 to 10. uh, God, immense in mercy and with an incredible love, he embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own with no help from us. Then he picked us up and set us down in the highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah. 710. Now God has us where he wants us with all the time in the world and the next to, sh- and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in, G- in Christ Jesus. Save- saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we'd done the whole thing. No, we neither, made, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. The good work he has gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. Thanks, guys. And let's worship now in response to who our God is and what our God has done. Thank you. You can have a seat. Over to you, Robbie. Thank you, Kim. Well, good morning. Why don't you stand with us as we continue to sing about who God is, reorient ourselves to the maker of the world and our lives and everything around you that you see. All right, so that first movement was reminding ourselves who God is, celebrating who God is and what God has done. And the next part now is to celebrate our life together, that we are more than just individual I's, capital I, but we are we. And one of the ways that we do that is actually to pray together and to pray for one another. So I'm going to invite uh, some members of our prayer team up right now, Um, Linda and Roger, if you would join me now here at the front. Uh, We want to continue to um, prioritize prayer in our midst, and one of the ways that we're doing that is um, by having... um, a group of people that are separate from our elders who also will be praying to, to pray for one another. Um, who else is in the prayer team who's here today? Could you stand, please? Dave, yes, and who, is that? Donna Bromley's also, oh, there's Donna right at the back there, wonderful. Um, so we have a few ways for you to actually continue to um, 
be involved in prayer, one way is for you to send an email to prayer, spare a prayer at capchurch.ca. We'll remind you of that email every so often, but if there's a prayer request that you have, send it to that email and folks on our prayer team will read and will pray in response. That will be a, a request that is kept confidential amongst us and the elders, but please uh, do make use of that. Um, also, during our prayer time today, we're gonna try a real-time prayer. If you have a prayer request that you want us for, to pray for today here in the service, you can text me right now. Um, Roger and Linda are going to pray for prayers uh, concerning our world and prayers for our community. And while they pray, while you're praying, you could also text me another prayer request and then I will pray for any of those that come at the end. All right, deal? Thank you so much, Roger and Linda, for being willing to bring our concerns uh, before God today. Would you come, please? And I'll give you the microphone. So this is a prayer for our community and for uh, healing that is um, required by some and possibly in some ways for all of us. So um, if your name is not mentioned, um, think of yourself as being receiving a prayer of healing as well as we prayed this morning. So let's take a, just a moment uh, to kind of settle our hearts around the uh, prayer. So our Father, we come to you offering our praise and our worship. We acknowledge that you are the maker of heaven and earth and all that is in it. We thank you for speaking into our lives and bringing your healing presence to our bodies, minds, and spirits. Our Father, today we lift to you your people who are in need of your healing touch, be it physical, emotional, or spiritual. This morning we intercede on behalf of our dear friend Irene Penner. We praise you for the woman she is and the faithful servant she's been for so many years. We ask you to continue blessing her as she adjusts to life without her dear husband Ray. We also ask that you become, help her to become more accustomed to apartment living. But this, for, this morning, Father, we especially hold Irene in prayer asking for your healing hand to be placed upon her recently fractured leg. And we pray that you will hasten her healing and as you do that, to surround her with your love, we do pray. And we pray our Father for Terry Burns' daughter, Erin, and a recovery following her, following her recent stroke. We ask for your provision and care for her special needs as she navigates her road to recovery. May her rehabilitation be such that it brings praise to your name. We ask for your strength for her husband, Rick, and her three children during this challenging time. Be with Terry as he comes alongside Aaron and their family during this difficult season in their lives. And Father, we also pray this morning for our dear friend, Janet Berg, and her husband, David as we grieve with them over his recent diagnosis of cancer. We ask, Lord Jesus, that especially during this time, that you'll come near to David, Janet, and their three sons in a way that they may experience your peaceful presence that brings comfort to their hearts and their minds. Lord Jesus, we also intercede on behalf of those who are currently being treated for cancer as well as those that are in remission. As they walk this path day by day, 
May they sense you are walking each step with them. May the power and the presence of your Holy Spirit be such they will think of you as their best friend. And Father, finally, we pray for the families of our church. May we as families and followers of you, Lord, urge one another, urge one another to live worthy of the calling you we have received, being humble, patient, bearing with one another in love. May we be demonstrators of humility and patience as we walk with one another in love, being kind, compassionate, and forgiving. Just as in Christ, God forgave us. Amen. That last reading is from Ephesians 4, which you'll remember is part of our sermon series. So an update on Janet Berg. Um, her husband, David, has been uh, taken to North Shore Hospice, which is just uh, east of uh, Lionsgate Hospital. They're there now. And um, her son Andrew is with her, and she has sent an email to Kim this morning, which I have, but I'll just give you the um, major content. She really would appreciate us to visit with her, send her emails, phone her, etc. Um, her son Andrew's with her until Wednesday, and then she's there by herself. So we can remember them in prayer as we have already this morning. Thank you. Good morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we are reminded during the season of Lent that Jesus suffered as he wrestled and agonized with this accepting the cup of dying on the cross for the whole world. Your capacity to reach into the future and into our very present situation is beyond our comprehension, though we totally and utterly rely on it. As we are made in your image, mercifully, we long for the things you long for, justice, peace, earth preservation, health, and goodwill towards all peoples. In this simple prayer, we ask for your shalom to again invade into our world. We know the times where you have made this evident in the past, the many times, and so with confidence we ask for this again as we thank and pray for the First Nations people in Canada, specifically the Wet'suwet'en Nation in our province. Lord God, would you bring a lasting resolution to the present situation and true reconciliation with the peoples of Wet'suwet'en and with the various governments and companies involved in the land claim disputes. May we personally and collectively also lean into reconciliation with our First Nations brothers and sisters and love as you have taught us to love. Our globalized world offers so much diversity, opportunity, and adventure where we can be impacted by, in positive ways by differing cultures, landscapes, flora and fauna, and most importantly, people. We thank you for this beautiful, rich, and diverse world that you have created. We can only barely imagine how you, the creator of this universe, holds it all together. Sorry, just feeling a bit. <laughs> Today, the impact of our globalized world comes closer to us with the onset of the coronavirus, COVID-19, infecting over 80,000 people, sadly, mostly in one city in China. We grieve the loss of lives from this illness and ask that you be a comfort to those who remain and may in fact be fighting the disease themselves. 
Father, please gather the brightest minds together to find solutions quickly to fight this virus. May you intervene where there does not seem to be an exact answer because we know that you have the answer to this virus. Nothing is impossible for you. May we harness our fears and send them heavenward to you for wisdom, knowledge, and divine intervention. We pray earnestly that the countries with less advanced health system be spared from this infection. May every intervention available help every individual in need and be used with the greatest effect. We pray for the countries, including Canada, that are diverse in ethnicity and where travel is frequent, that respect and care for one another rises and racism, rumor, and fear is quenched. We trust in the very big thought that you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, really do have the whole world in your hands. To end this prayer, I want to quote a prayer by Chief Dan George from the Wet'suwet'en Tooth Nation. O oh, great spirit whose voice I hear in the wind, whose breath gives life to the world, hear me. I come to you as one of many children. I am small and weak. I need your strength and your wisdom. May I walk in beauty, make my eyes behold the red and purple sunset. Make my hands respect the things that you have made and my ears sharp to hear your voice. Make me wise so that I may know the things that you have taught your children, the lessons you have hidden in every leaf and rock. Make me strong not to be superior to my brothers and sisters, but to be able to fight my greatest enemy, myself. Make me ready to come to you with straight eyes so that when life fades as the fading sunset, my spirit will come to you without shame. Amen. And God, we lift up to you the requests um, of today. Thank you that although you are big and we are small, that no request is too small for you. We lift up the harvest, this important ministry in our midst, and we pray especially for our sister Donna, who will be going to share with St. Anthony's Catholic Church today, the work of the harvest, and specifically the need for emergency housing on the North Shore. We pray that you would bless this ministry, bless Donna's words today, and that her words would be used by you to sound the call for us as the North Shore to share what we have with those who do not have. And so we bring all these prayers to you with thanks and confidence in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you, prayer team. And uh, readers, would you come just to remind us what we've just been doing about moving from that place of being I to being a greater we. So I will introduce you as you're coming just to uh, make it easier for you. Mika uh, not Michaela, Tegan and Josie, thank you for reading. From Ephesians 2, 19 to 21. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here and what he is building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. Now he is using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day. A holy temple built by God, all of us built into it. A temple in which God is quite at home. Thank you. 
So having gone through the first movement, which focuses on God, God as the subject and us as the object, God is the one who does the most important work, God's identity being the most important thing for us to focus on, so that was the first movement. The second movement is us moving from a place of I to moving to a place of we, and understanding that we are individuals before God, but we are also God's people. And so this last piece now, the final installation in the grammar lesson that Rod Wilson has been giving us, is that in our faith, indicative precedes the imperative. That our being comes before our doing. The book of Ephesians is structured this way, and Paul starts off by telling us all about who God is and what God has done. And only after two chapters of this does Paul start telling us what to do. As a reminder that this doing is rooted in what has come before, we have this word, therefore. Who God is and what God has done precedes what we are called to do. Doing without being, the imperative without the indicative, is not fully Christian. From Ephesians 4, 1, in light of all this, Here's what I want you to do. From Ephesians 5, 1 to 2. Watch what God does and then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents, mostly what God does is love. Keep your company with him and learn a life of love. Thanks, you guys. So at the beginning of the week when I was trying to dream up how we might respond to this series... I realized that all the things that we do in our gathered worship actually were created to remind us of these truths. We sing songs to remind us of who God is and what God has done. And our worship, our singing, is a response to that. We pray for one another because we are we, not just individual people isolated in our own needs and desires, but we are the people of God And God places us in our world to be in solidarity with those who are hurting. And then the last one, this idea that God's action precedes ours, that God's being precedes our doing. As I was trying to think, what can we do to celebrate that? I had this like, uh, duh moment when I realized that the communion table is all about that that the communion table celebrates God's doing, right? What God has done. God is the subject, and we are the recipients. But it's God's action. There's no better way to remember God's action in Christ than by coming to this table. There's no better way for us to remember that God's doing precedes our doing. So just as a reminder, there's this thing called the indicative, and then there's the imperative. Indicative, God loves you. Jesus died for you. Those two things are facts. This is how it is. This is the indicative. God loves you. Jesus died for you. And the imperative, now come. Eat the bread. Drink the cup. Those are imperatives. But without understanding what God has done, there's no meaning to the act. 
Indicative tense, Jesus says, this is my body. Imperative sense, imperative tense, take it, eat it. This table does not celebrate how good we are, friends. Those tables that you'll be gathering at in a moment, they are not celebrations of how worthy we are to receive. They are celebrations, first of all, of how good God is and how worthy God is and then how beloved we are. But the action begins in God. That's our hope. Our hope for the world is that God's in charge, is that God invites, is that God heals, and that God has already showed us who he is in Christ. That God has come and is coming. That's what that table is about. And for those of you who, uh, whose eyes have already glazed over because their pastor was talking way too long, we have another way of communicating that truth, and that is through a song. Fortunately, we have someone in our midst who can write songs quickly at the demand of a pastor or a wife or both. <laughs> and so now, um, as you think about what this what you're taking away from this, and as you prepare to go to the communion table, um, Matt's now gonna sing a song for you that's kind of seeking to synthesize all of the ideas that we've been talking about these last three weeks, some of which I reminded you about now. Um, and then after Matt finishes singing the song, I will invite you to come to the communion table. But for now, just sit back, relax, and listen. So I showed my wife a wisp of a song lyric on Sunday after Rod's sermon. I thought it was a, a good like four line thing that I would file away under to be finished next decade. And then Kim calls me at work on Monday and goes, your song is in the service. Like my song, it isn't a song. It's four lines. So it got finished last night. My apologies if I forget some words. I hope I don't. But um, the other irony is that I wrote a song about grammar, and I, even more ironic is that Andrea corrected it when I got here and sang it in practice. She's like, there's some bad grammar in your song about grammar, and I'm like, of course there is. So, here we go. It's called The Grammar of Grace. Swallow 
words are there So play along The words are written So here comes the song Imperative follows Indicative verse Therefore, therefore, therefore Reaches back a word And in a moment, I'm going to invite you to come and to take a place at one of those tables. And we've arranged it that way so that you would be around the table and be able to see one another face to face. 